It's Wednesday, Uh-oh. September 1st. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. Russ is out today, unfortunately. Got Tyler here. We're doing it a little bit different, too. We'll get into that here in just a second. But how's it going, Tyler? It's going great, man. It's uh, awesome. it's afternoon, so I don't know, post-lunch coma, maybe? Yeah. Like It's like the morning without that initial coffee rush. That's that's well, what feel, early uh, afternoon feels like. I feel jacked up again, but I won't I won't say why. You know, well, fine, I will say why. I went and did CrossFit again over lunch, and uh, it just gets did. the blood flowing, man. Just gets the blood yeah, flowing. How many How many times do you have to say CrossFit during our podcasts? To I think I have to, to say get, it every to time now. I have to say Facebook. You have to say Facebook. I have to say China. I have to say CrossFit now. Um, Apple. And I have to say Bitcoin Dongle. and Apple. Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay. Ethereum. Cool. Let's get into uh, today in tech history, and then let's uh, tell the listeners how we're doing this uh, because you made an amazing discovery this morning, and um, yeah, I'm super pumped about it. See how it goes. Okay, today in tech history, September 1st. All right, put your thinking caps on because I'm going to ask you what year this happened. You ready? This is going to be space. So ready. Wait. The very first flyby of Saturn, okay? A satellite called Pioneer 11 became the first man-made object to fly by Saturn. September 1st, what year? Let's see if anyone gets it in the chat. 74. If anyone wants to guess. Oh, man. Wow. It's my guess. 1977. Yeah. Ah, really close. So close. Really close. Yeah. Dude, good job. Good job. First flyby of Saturn. So... Which is interesting for a number of reasons, but I don't know. I don't know how many people realize that if you have a moderately powerful telescope, you can go out and see Saturn pretty clearly in the night cool. sky, especially when we're when we're kind of on the same side of the sun together. You know, when when Earth and Saturn are pretty close, it's actually not too difficult to see. But to get some really up close flyby footage, all of that stuff still blows my mind, man. It's all right, stuff. what are you seeing in the uh, what are you seeing in the tech news, man? What you got? Man, I saw I saw a few interesting things. I didn't get them in the notes, notes, so now I gotta go find what tab I was on. Um one one jumped out and uh it gave me a good chuckle is that the FTC um resubmitted their uh monopoly complaint against Facebook. So checking that box on dropping Facebook right off the bat. Um there you go. As you recall, uh, a little while back, a judge threw out the FTC's complaint because they failed to even define like what the market was or how it operated. So, like the, the entire premise of the suit was just nonsense as as far as the judge's ruling was concerned. And um, well, I haven't finished reading this yet. It came, comes from uh, Stratechery, and uh, <laughs> the the hot take is is that it's basically garbage once again. So the the title in uh, tech meme is FTC's refiled Facebook suit does not offer market definitions reflective of reality, misunderstands ad markets, and highlights harms of regulatory I- interference. So basically, they have failed yet again to even establish a baseline for what they're going at Facebook for, uh, let alone saying that they're manipulating the market they can't define. Is this just a case of the FTC throwing as many noodles against the wall to see what sticks? It sure seems like it. Are they just unhappy with Facebook in general? And now there's a whole group at Facebook that just deal with, you know, the FTC and the SEC and all these other regulatory governing bodies. 
I it it certainly feels that way. Um, but I, I don't I don't understand. I don't know if this is just like political theater as well. It could be uh yeah. we're gonna go after big tech and and Facebook's big tech, so we have to try. And that's how you get your, you know, your your checks and your boxes. Um mm-hmm. but it, I, I guess I understand this idea that Facebook is somehow doing something that's dirty and terrible but you can't just like you said throw noodles at a wall you kind of need to go into this with your eyes open and say they're doing a thing that thing is illegal and this is why right or it's illegal and this is what they're doing and so i'm going to prove it like this is it's nonsense to come in here and not even have a definition of what's wrong so right um, exactly the like I guess the, the Stratechery article, article really gets into it and, and just says there are two major problems uh, with the argument that the FTC is making, right? The FTC's own definitions, reasonably understood, don't reflect reality, right? So, uh, and, and then they have no relation to the markets that they're, they're talking about. So the parameters laid out by the FTC is basically saying that WhatsApp's a mobile messaging service. And... And then they're arguing that it's illegal for Facebook to acquire it, but they're not in the mobile messaging area. It's stuff like that is just a mess. Let's see. Second, they argue that Facebook is a unique from every other social network other than Instagram and Snapchat. Uh, and it completely ignores what the product actually does. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, the fact that LinkedIn lets you feature your res- resume, as does Facebook, by the way, means that uh, it is not explicitly focused on maintaining and facilitating communication connections. <laughs> what? That's basically what their definition is saying, right? What? Like LinkedIn doesn't compare because it has resumes. Um, I don't think they state it that way. He's just pointing what, out what some is of the this here? This baseline. Any any definition that says that Instagram is like Facebook, but is not like TikTok is ridiculous. Both let you connect <laughs> with people you know, but both are primarily focused on broadcast-follow uh, dynamics, not interpersonal communications. This is strange. Yeah, so third, while it's nice that the FTC bothered to include TikTok in their complaint, the December complaint didn't mention the app once. Any definition that says that Instagram is like Facebook, but not like TikTok is ridiculous. <laughs> another take. The FTC's own definitions, reasonably understood, don't reflect reality. And second, the definitions themselves have no relation to the actual market for online services. It's a bad look. No, no, it is. And and that's, I, I'm assuming hopeful, I guess, might, maybe even in this case, that it just gets thrown out again thrown out again um it, it just i don't know it seems like they're grasping they're grasping at straws they they want to say that it's a monopoly but they're having trouble defining how it's monopolistic and yeah. it's almost like they're saying facebook is a monopoly by just filtering out why the actual competitors to the space aren't real competitors are not facebook, which is like goofy. i mean that's a stretch it's, it's a stretch <laughs> So you're going to prove me guilty by proving everyone else in the world innocent? <laughs> I, yeah, right. It's, right. That's, so it's just maybe strange. That's a, stretch strange. Of a, that's a stretch of a comparison. A bit, a bit. Huh. Anyways. Okay. Something else that right. was really interesting. Um, apparently, uh, analysis was done and governments intentionally blocked internet access for nearly, or nearly 850 times in the past decade including 213 shutdowns in 2019, 150 in 2020, and 50 in 2021. 
So uh, it, it, I think what jumped out, obviously, about that article is how common it is for governments to restrict access yeah. to the internet. Um, like, I, I, I know we've heard of some of the really high-profile ones. You know, Russia did it recently. Uh, yep. We've heard about it. We in, talked about that uh, one. But Syria... Um, I feel like we've talked about. I would. Um, I think Turkey had had a moment last year, if not early this year. And uh, I, but but if I say that, and I had no idea that it was 800 in the last decade or more. That's that is an incredible number. Oh, Egypt in the it, with it, during what was called the Arab Spring, right? I remember Egypt shutting down. Yeah, who's tracking this? How do they know what's happening? Uh, let's see. What was the organization? Um, ba ba ba. Trying to figure out access. What access now is the name okay. of the organization that's tracking it, uh, yeah. and they released a new report on the uh, the issue. Oh, here it is. And uh, already in the first five months of 2021, there have been 50 shutdowns across 21 countries. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. It's this a is lot. Interesting news. Um, access now's shutdown tracker optimization project. Stop. Okay. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Ah, stop. All right. There's, yeah. I had, I had 113 shutdowns in 2019 alone. Shutdown uh, tracker optimization project. There it is. I skimmed. Yeah, because you wonder how much of this, how much of this stuff, and to what level are they, are they, uh, are they doing it? Because there was something funny about how, what Russia did that we talked about. Remember? Well, they yeah, because they, they like, ended up doing like DNS filtering, and they cut off everything that included their own some, website, like yeah, some text string, and it included a bunch yes. of government and, and yeah, they shut down their they shut down themselves. Yeah, because there was something like it was one of those rules around you know you must have a you must have a representative in country you know for these social media platforms, which is basically just a local hostage. You know, if you allow right. our own citizens to say bad things about our government. Then, um, then we're going to go and and take your employee hostage or whatever until you remove it all. So ridiculous! So ridiculous. Okay. Well, yeah, I did not know about this. Accessnow.org/slash/keepiton uh, is where you can go and you can see who is shutting down the internet currently. 155 internet shutdowns in 29 countries. Yeah, I'll have to dig into this uh, offline. But there's a lot of reports on here if anyone's interested in this. There's a kind ton. Of, this kind of work. Oh, I knew it. Yeah. Tim's mad that he can only see me. Aaron, stop sharing his oh, video, Tim. I don't know what I'm to sorry. tell you. Yeah, I'm sorry. Here, let me turn my video on, Tim. Man. Tim, it's not enjoying? just my pretty face, Tim. My daughter's drawing is up there, and my son's squiggles around that drawing. <laughs> That's high-quality content, dude. This is great for our listeners only. Um, so, yeah, Tyler, do you want to talk about what we're doing here and, and what we changed? We used to use Zoom, and oh, yeah. you discovered something this morning. So, so Telegram uh, regularly updates, as, as most apps do these days. But um, I noticed this morning that Telegram's update allows us to stream live. And so uh, you've been able to do audio calls, video calls, um, groups, all kinds of neat things on Telegram in general. Um, but it's also the, uh, the app that um, Aaron, Russ, and I started using actually back in the SevOps days and, uh, you know, thousands of messages. It was actually the precursor to the podcast because we would just argue about silly stuff on Telegram all day. And, and Aaron had the bright idea to actually go and, you know, record it, basically. Um, but this, this update allows us to stream and it's very, uh, you know, Zoom WebEx-like um, functionality. It lets you share content. It lets you, um, you know, mute. But it also gives, uh, in our case... 
the administrative control over, um, you know, like who can share their screen, who can share content, who can talk, who can't, it makes it really easy to mute folks as they come in, but then control a lag. We could allow Tim to bring up an article right now because Mr. Davis is listening in actively because we have a TBB community thread now in Telegram. And you can actually schedule uh, streaming times. So you can schedule uh, these video chats and then uh, record them live. And the, the audio fidelity on our tests was really good, even with some extra people in the room that were trying it out this morning. And um, yeah, I, I actually think it's just going to make it really easy to do some of the stuff that we used to do with Zoom, Zoom's cloud recordings, and then Twitch for streaming and stuff like that. We'll be able to do it all in one place and, and actually maintain a, a higher degree of control. And it's, it's clean. Like the visibility is just there. We can get the chat up in the TVB community thread, as well as our videos. We can share content if we figure out what we want to share, you know, whether that's the news article that we're talking about at the particular moment in time, or it's looking at our notes or I don't, who knows. But uh, it's, it's pretty slick. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually impressed. Dude, it's super slick. And I've been trying to, or we, not just me, but we've been trying to find a way to pull the community into this more and more. It seems like a great way. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, and it brings a lot of things we were doing, uh, you know, I was kind of saying it in the roundabout way, but we were using disparate platforms to sort of stitch together everything we try to do when we record to, to, to your point, to try to get people a little bit more engaged because it's more fun that way. Um, it's all in one place now, which is awesome. Super cool. Uh, Tim, so you're going to listen or you're going to join us or what's going on? You're going to come off a of mute, make some comments, pull, us, pull, up some other, pull, pull up some other news here. Let's see. We're waiting on him. Uh, Twitter introduces safety mode, which blocks harassing accounts for seven days in beta for some English, English language accounts. What does safety mode mean? Is this like safety from disinformation? It's a new anti-abuse feature called safety mode. Automatically block harassment. Hmm. A new way to limit unwelcome interactions. I, I, I don't know. I'm trying oh, to find wait, some details on it. Wait, can you mute someone? Is this a, a personal level? So like I don't know. I, I mute you for Let's seven see. days and then, then you show back works. up in my feed. Safety mode is a feature that temporarily temporarily blocks accounts for seven days for using potentially harmful language, such as insults or hateful remarks or sending repetitive yeah, okay. and uninvited replies or mentions. Oh, so I guess you can just, temp, like you, you put them in. Well, do you have to do it? Oh, well, that's what Twitter, I'm asking. Is, is this Twitter a platform feature or is it an individual feature? Oh, okay. Here it is. So when the feature is turned on in your settings, you can go to your own settings. Our system, so Twitter's system, will assess the likelihood of a negative engagement by considering both the tweet's content and the relationship between the tweet author and replier. That's Our cool. technology exists, uh, takes existing relationships into account. So accounts you follow or frequently interact with will not be auto-blocked. Dude, this is great because there's a particular account that likes to comment on my tweets all the time. I went and blocked them. Oh, yeah. And recently, people have mentioned that person uh, to me. And I had totally forgotten about this guy because sure. I had blocked him. So I never even see this person anymore. Yeah. But now if I go turn Twitter safety mode on, I, I would assume that their systems would see my relationship with that person is that I block them. And so now it would then limit them because uh, it's it says, uh, you know, for harmful language or insults or sending repetitive and uninvited replies or mentions, right? So it, it goes, it does the full scale of, you know, super aggressive, terrible, um, you know, hate speech all the way to just 
you're constantly pinging me and I don't want to see it because you're saying the same thing over and over and over and over. So, so I'm, I well, miss it. Maybe I don't appreciate it. putting me on Maybe that would... here. <laughs> yes, Tim, I'm talking about you. Have, like, I don't appreciate that very much. <laughs> but uh, so wait, but, but what, I, I missed I a comment. I want to hear it. Do, do you get to decide who this applies to in some cases or is it the platform? Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. It doesn't sound like it. It's their system. Okay. But what I'm, what I'm hoping this solves is that if I go turn it on in my settings that other people viewing and interacting with my tweets wouldn't see this person that I blocked as well. Yeah, right. That to me would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I think That's it's awesome. interesting depending on how they implement that feature. For sure. I think it could be a little too much. Like I don't want them yes. deciding for me in some cases, but right. the one use case that you just mentioned, like if I block somebody, and like, sure, block everything so that nobody that's viewing my threads is going to see them. Like, that's great. Yes, I love that. that is great. But yeah, I wonder how much like, yeah, you know, uh, people tweet point. at Elon all the time, right? Just to, just another oh, example gosh, that yeah. pops off oh, in my head. Sure. Like if, imagine Elon goes and turns on safety mode. And now you've got all these, you know, crypto shillers that are constantly trying to get him to mention their coin. What if it fully silences that? I mean, that would actually be kind of cool. But what does that look like if it's if if you're a famous person that like you're not interacting with all these different people? Is well, it you're, you're also probably when you have an account that, do that when you have an account that's that popular and has that many followers, it would probably yeah. be untenable to try to even go through and block the individuals. So I imagine this right. is designed mostly for that. So it being fully hmm. automated, I agree. I think it's all going to end up being how they implement it, how aggressive it is. But I, I think, you know, it's harkens back to a conversation we have all the time on the show, which is the artificial intelligence, the algorithms that are able to semantically oh, parse what's going on in comments and stuff like that, understand intent, look yeah. at all of the other information, like how old is the account? Where is the account located? How yeah. how do people respond to the account? Is it a bot? Is it just a bunch of retweets of garbage? Is it intentionally misinformation? Like These are things that would take a human minutes, hours, days, whatever to go parse through, but it takes an algorithm, an AI, no time at all to figure yeah. out that you don't need this in your feed and neither do your watchers. So I, I think it will be really neat to see how effective it is at doing what they want it to do. And my guess is that yeah. it's going to get pretty good. This pretty is fast. great though. I and am read a little bit more, I just interested know. and horrified. I mean, <laughs> yes. look, look yeah. at the Nazi Microsoft AI bot that was trained by oh, Twitter. Gosh, I mean, yes. We yep. all know yeah. that Twitter and AI don't mix. So it'll be really interesting if that's kind of the case here. And, yeah, and for anybody right listening got, to that, uh, we, we talked about that. That I was, uh, I think that was GPT-2 early on, if I'm not mistaken, or it was really early GPT-3 stuff. But uh, Microsoft released a chatbot on Twitter and it was radicalized in like 24 hours to being racist and misogynistic and just generally awful. So welcome to yep. the internet. But my hope and my expectation here is that this isn't a bot that's learning from these interactions. It's an application of a trained model. So the model already knows what to do and they put good information in. It's a trained model. It's being basically like it. think, think inference inference is a lot easier for people to understand when you're, when you're looking at the inference end of something that's making a recommendation to you, like this would be the recommendation side of the equation, not the, let me figure out what you like side of the equation. Um, yeah. That's, that's my hope, my guess, but yeah, I'm with you. So here's it's some more info. Here's some more info. Um, so auto, safety mode, when you turn it on, it'll auto block accounts for seven days that may use harmful language or send repetitive uninvited replies. Accounts you follow or often interact with aren't auto blocked. Okay, but here you go. Authors of tweets found by our technology to be harmful or uninvited 
uh, yeah, and they can't send you DMs, they can't see your tweets, all that kind of stuff. You can find information, this is the cool part, about the tweets flagged through safety mode and view the details of temporary blocked accounts at any time. Before each safety mode period ends, you'll receive a notification recapping this information. You won't, we That's won't cool. always get this right, and we may make mistakes, so safety mode auto blocks can be seen and undone at any time in your settings. Ah, we'll perfect. Also regularly, yeah. We'll also regularly no, monitor great. the accuracy uh, and make improvements. So, and that's that's the that's, cool. that's the whole point right There's there. Is that exactly, you got transparency to it. It's not just doing this willy nilly. You get to see what's happening and you get to undo it if it's inappropriate. That's that's a yeah. great way to approach stuff like this, in my opinion. That doesn't mean that it won't fail catastrophically, but it's still, uh, I think, a better attempt. Yes, this is awesome. <laughs> um, right, what, what else? else? What else? What else we got? Yeah, I saw um, Andy Jassy announced that Amazon plans to hire over 55,000 corporate employees globally, including 40,000 in the U.S. That's a 20% increase in tech and corporate staff. So tons and tons of tech roles. It's, it is insane to me that Amazon is still growing at the tick that it's growing at. Like, just wrap your head around that for a minute. They are what, what, so repeat it again. Massive. I'm sorry. They, I was they, drafting they a tweet about Twitter safety mode, so say it again. <laughs> Jassy, Jassy announced that they're going to hire 55,000 corporate Amazon what? employees globally. Corporate employees. So these are tech roles and business roles, right? This isn't warehouse staff as an example, which I think is a little bit easier to understand how you might need 55,000 people globally for, for distribution. But no, they, these are tech roles. That's crazy. That is crazy. That's absolutely insane. What's their what's their employee count right now? Uh, oh gosh, I don't know. Wikipedia usually shows this, but I'm not seeing it over there. I'm the interested right, to. Oh my gosh! Okay, so the article right at the beginning of this article, this is uh, from Reuters. It says that 55,000 is equal to more than a third of Google's headcount as of June, June 30th. Is this sorry? Is and this close Amazon? to the entirety this... of Facebook? Yes, this is Amazon. Is this Amazon or AWS? Amazon. Amazon, Amazon okay, globally. So, yeah, so it's but it's but they're tech tech roles. These aren't these aren't distribution. Yes, workers. I follow you. But that's insane. So that's that. It, but just I'm going to repeat what I just said because it's mind blowing to me. Yes, the fifty five thousand that they're hiring is equal to a third of Google's headcount as of June thirtieth this year, and is close to the entirety of Facebook's headcount right now. That's huge. Amazon is hiring a Facebook's worth of tech and business people. <laughs> they currently employ 1 million people. Goodness. Amazon. Jeez. I can't eat. Yeah. Own more That's Amazon. That's all I'm reading here. This is, this is wild. Yeah, right? I try to put it in perspective with Dell. You know, we have like 135, 140,000 employees. Yeah. Wow. Amazon has uh, 1 million. Is, and they're about to hire 50,000. Who's the largest uh, private employer now? Corporate, private? Is it still um, what there were two massive, massive ones? One's health, one of the me mega, uh, mega healthcare Walmart? providers. Uh, private. Well, yeah. Well, well, no, no, sorry. I didn't mean private. I, I just mean non, non federal. Well, yeah, Walmart, 2.2 million people. Good. Amazon is number yeah, okay, two. Okay, that makes sense. So Amazon so, has. Depends on the numbers you look at. I see I see anywhere from 1 million to 1.3 million for Amazon. For Walmart, I see about 2.2 million people. 
That that's incredible. I wonder. Um, not not that it's terribly important. Um, but I think it is relevant, especially to this particular announcement. Um, what what percentage of the one million are corporate and tech versus um, you know, in Walmart's case, uh, graders, cashiers, people that are actually working yeah. in stores and distribution, uh, versus you know, sort of the corporate. And the reason I say it's important is that's not to you know de-emphasize any of those other roles. It's when you compare Amazon to Facebook. Facebook doesn't have a distribution network or warehouses. So Amazon having that big of a tech workforce is a big deal, right? Um, Facebook also doesn't have a cloud, by the way. So there's that as well. But yeah. um, but that's why I'm curious. I'm curious, like, if you take out the Home Depots, the Walmarts, the Lowe's, the the grocers in the world, right? Who's Who are the largest tech um employers in the world do we even have that data i'm sure we do it's got to be out there somewhere salesforce yeah, comes sure. to mind right they've got what 130 150,000 something like that or they did maybe they're more than that yeah. now <laughs> so that's crazy yeah wow 50,000 corporate employees that blows my 40, mind before, 40k in the us say? too 40k before uh, the end of this year no 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 that was i was uh, the only dates that i gave were related to um when when the size is compared to Facebook and okay. Google. Yeah, so, something in my head told me you said before the end of this year, which which also would just be mind blowing because within the next, you know, no oh, gosh. And a half, I don't good luck. <laughs> uh let's uh, see. Good luck trying so to hire 20, that many people in that short of a period of time. This would I don't be even, I mean this is that's phenomenal. Yeah, this would be a twenty percent increase in their tech and corporate staff. That's insane. Yes. I it's mean, wild that it's only twenty percent. Absolutely though. insane. Yeah. Jeez, I'm man. really curious what's coming because that's not just oh let's let's add 20% staff unless they decided that they Dude. make enough money they're going to give people 20% of their time back and they're going to a four day work week and this is what it looks like before before they flip the clock they just hire 20% more people <laughs> so it actually so it says 55,000 corporate employees globally and mm -hmm. in the coming months. Is what the announcement it does says. It, yeah. Well, what's that mean? 36 Which months? Which is probably why my... Well, but dude, that's probably why my <laughs> brain thought before the end of this year. That is such, a, that is such a massive hiring. It's wild. Yeah. What is that happening? Is, that is crazy. Anyways, moving okay. on. What's, what's what next? What, else yeah, what, what you got? Me? Is yeah. Tim still on? Did Tim leave? Oh, he, he went back to listening. Okay, well, fine. Okay, fine. No, I like it. Um, let's see here. What else we got? Apple says Arizona and Georgia will be the first to support adding IDs to wallet in iOS 15 with six states, including so Utah, bad. Maryland, oh, and oh, Iowa cool. expected to follow. Oh, that's, yeah. that's neat. Digitizing your wallet, which is great because I want this. Yeah, yes. I want all, I want yes, all my dude. stuff digital. Yes. And I'm uh, all for that. That's great. When I, when I went to the place that shall not be named over lunchtime, uh, I could not find my wallet. And uh, I, you know, was almost late because I couldn't find my wallet. And I thought of this exactly, so I'm happy to see it. I would love to have my driver's license and all that kind of stuff in there. So that's good. Well, now I'm confused. Wow. What place can be named? <laughs> CrossFit. CrossFit. I can't say it because then I, oh. I get harassed about it, dude. I've only been a member for like a week and a half, and I don't even want to talk about it anymore because literally every time it comes up, which I swear it's not me trying to bring it up. I mean, I guess maybe uh -huh. it is. It has to be. Sure, it's you. Uh -huh. I went and played basketball with some people last night and it just and happened then you told to about come CrossFit. up. Uh -huh. I did. I mentioned it, you know, I was, well, I was trying to give excuses for why <laughs> it's I was part of so your identity gassed. now. No, it's fine. 
I was trying to give excuses for why I was so gassed and I mentioned it. And uh, the guy I was talking with, he was like, oh yeah, you know, it's almost like when you get a motorcycle and the first time you talk about it with anybody, they're always like, oh yeah, I know somebody that died or broke their leg or whatever. Like everyone just wants to immediately tell you about the injuries that they know about. Exact same thing. Every time I bring up CrossFit now, everyone's like, oh yeah, I knew a bunch of guys that got hurt. They're in there trying to lift a bunch of weight and injured themselves. I'm looking forward to when so. I can tell people about Aaron Bewley's shoulder injury. <laughs> Hopefully it's mild. I mean, the, the other people happen. I know had really bad happen. shoulder, hip flexors, yeah. you name it, just broken. Knocking on this uh, I, I just desk. can't wait to figure out which one of the diets he's going to be going on. <laughs> Give it time. It's going to be uh, eat whatever I want diet. That's the it, thing. That's the that's thing. That's what that's they also not CrossFit. All right. Let's get off of this. Let's stop talking about CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so Tim, do you have any other comments on this? Um, the, you know, supporting, app, uh, sorry, supporting I, adding IDs to wallet in iOS 15. Yeah. Arizona and I, Georgia are leading the way. Anything I else? I absolutely want Texas to get on board, but I just, I feel like Texas is going to be stupid and slow like they are for everything else. And they're going to say, yeah. I don't need to put my info on there. the internet. And they're gonna That's cause a, a bunch of bullcrap. But man, I want that Dude. so bad. I started using Apple Pay like on my watch and stuff a lot more recently. So if yeah. I could go through all of that and not have to pull my card out at TSA, I would be happy. Oh man, I want that. You you know why Texas won't allow it? Because it'd make it really easy to get your ID to polling locations. Right. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm, I'm, I, I would bet. <laughs> I, I love I love Oklahoma, but I'm gonna bet that they're gonna be one of the last states to do it because up until probably like ten years ago, that if you I don't know if you've seen an Oklahoma driver's license, but it is literally like somebody printed it off on a home laser jet and oh, laminated it, laminated it very poorly. It's basically just like faded uh, ink paper geez. with a just like super thick, terrible lamination. It's it That's was bad. It was awful. real bad. They went to more modern save, stuff. Save those dimes. They should have skipped yeah, the more right. modern version of a of a card printer and just gone straight to. Can we put IDs in NFTs or something? I feel like there's there's an opportunity for marriage. There. NFTs? Are we talking crypto yeah. now, bro? Let's Dude, let's, let's let's make let's... IDs NFTs. I mean, come on, they should be non fungible. Let's tokenize identification. Yeah, and identity. Out of the people. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and then we can access. auction off identities. Hopefully, you'll win yours. Well, we, I mean, technically, some people already do that, Tim. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, man. We're falling off the rails early. All right, let's see what else here. Uh, Google is developing ARM-based chips for laptops and tablets that run on Chrome OS, set to launch around 2023. Okay, no one cares about that. It's two years nope, away. too far away. Moving well, that's on. also them trying to say, oh, we're doing the Apple M1 thing, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. We're totally well, the hey. same. We're cool. Cool, Tyler, did we end up did we finish talking about the arm china stuff I no like well we not really i brought it up right at the end it seems more horrifying than i feel like I, somebody mentioned in the tpp community thread that uh that it was like not getting enough attention like it really is a huge heist but i the full ramifications i don't completely understand yet i, I think like what it seems to be on the surface is someone legally at least in the construct of chinese law just completely stole arm ip like all of it but and they're cool with under it? a completely well yes under the legal construct that they created arm china like this is okay this is how it can and should work 
But that's right. that's even more absurd than just your standard corporate espionage, right? This yeah. is like, nope, we're good. <laughs> so who is it that was saying, I felt like it was somebody on the show, but the expectation apparently in China is that as soon as you release something, it's expected to be copied. There's no concept. I was saying like, that. That that, that you, was in the uh, yeah. in the book that Russ and I were were reading, or while well, I was That's reading right. it, I finished it uh, or listening to it. Um, the uh, the AI superpowers. Um, it got into that, but it talked about how the culture for in this case, you know, just technology adoption. The culture is as soon as you release a product, you're expected to have it copied. So yeah. you always have to be on your toes. You always have to be ready to to bringing new features or protecting your user base by basically giving them what they want or yeah. being hyper aggressive in some other legal way or, or maybe I would, not legal. I would love to talk to somebody that is more familiar with this. Maybe they're in the tech industry and cool. they are in China. And uh, so if anyone listening, I may not have seen any, this. Are we talking like yeah. patent trolling, but for actual IP? Correct. Yeah, basically that the the assumption here that we understand and that we're talking about and that we're hearing is that the the accepted principle is that your IP will not be protected and whatever it is that you develop, it's expected to get stolen and that you just have to constantly stay ahead of the curve and keep innovating. And, and that's, that's not to say reasons. that it's legal or not. It's just so normal that it's right. you, you don't have protection under the law for technology. But somebody did this with like, all of ARM in China. Correct. Yeah. But it was also in part, and this is what is cool because Russ was reading it kind of on the air on the last episode, but in part, the reason that they were able to do this is because of the way that they structured Arm China. So they they created a company called Arm China, and the way that they structured the company basically gave them the legal right to walk away with the company if and when they wanted to. And I don't think that they saw that that's what happened. They said you're no longer the CEO, but in China, in Chinese law, this individual, uh, who its name I forget, it's not in front of me anymore. But um, he he has the seal that gives him control of Arm China, which is a legal construct in Chinese. I love this part law. of the story. And so he said, he "Physically yeah, great, has no, something. I that still allows have him it. To stay, I'm, yeah. I'm still I still own this entire company. So you can you can as the board, you can tell me I'm not the CEO anymore." But I'm just going to He's move still, all of my company into a new dot com. Whoa! <laughs> like, yeah. do what and I he want. He still physically carries that torch, you know, or the that's right. insane. The seal. So, the so they don't whatever. want him to be the CEO, but they don't have a choice in who runs the IP or owns it. Wow! It's I, there's a lot more to come there. I think it's uh, that's yeah. that's pretty we'll watch fascinating. This for sure. All right. Here's another interesting one. Um, Apple says it has asked all of its U.S. employees to report their vaccination status. By mid-September. I saw that. Not, Stopping short not of mandating man- that you need it. Yeah. Yep. Not mandating that you need it, but asking that you report it. Which is interesting because, not to mix this over into sports too much, but you probably saw, well, Tyler, maybe you didn't, but Cam Newton got released. I was just about to mention this. Yeah, Cam Newton got released uh, from the yep. Patriots. And it's a, the claim is that Belichick released him because of his, How long was his uh, sentence? vaccination status. How what? How long was Cam Newton's sentence? Sentence for got, what? He got, he released, got released from the... It sounds he, like a prison well, He got released from released. the team. Yeah, he's not in prison. Is that a joke? Like, <laughs> it was a joke, yes. Okay. <laughs> like, I, was, I was fishing for ways to take that out of context. 
okay. Well, I found it. it. I found it. But I was confused. Okay. As soon as you mentioned the Apple thing, I immediately thought of the NFL because it, it's and in fact yeah. it's it's gotten to the point where it's not just Cam Newton. There yeah. is lots of accusations over the past week now wow. that several people were cut from their teams because of their vaccination status and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. Dude, I mean, I'm not trying to play conspiracy theorist, but how much do you think there's any managers that are going to take that view into account whenever they look at doing reductions in forces? I mean, it's a P it's a PR if the whole league is a PR league. I totally bet that if yeah. they are if they, if they have any way of like scapegoating and just saying like, "Oh no, they just didn't fit the profile," trying to stop them from becoming like an anti-vax advocate down the line. I right. guarantee you somebody took that free exit. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, imagine somebody that does. So they're being asked to do this by mid-September. So within the next two weeks, they do it. Say there's some, you know, end of year reduction in force that happens. And some of the people that get look, let go uh, reported that they are not vaccinated. Does Apple have a lawsuit on their hands? Does Apple require people to have other vaccines? And are they legally allowed to say you can't come to work if you don't have the polio vaccine? I mean, I don't think this is unprecedented is what I'm getting at. I, so oh no. this is, I don't I'm, think I'm, Apple, I'm not saying that Apple they wouldn't be under require, legal scrutiny. The United States any can sue anybody for anything. Well, but yeah. they could start. And I don't, I don't know that that would be out of the ordinary, right? Yeah. Um, what's interesting about this? We talked about it. Um, uh, Delta, uh, Tyson Foods, uh, sure. whatever. The list goes on and on and on about companies that are requiring it, hands down. Mm -hmm. That's not the news here. Right. Uh, but the, the news here is that you're reporting your vaccination status. So it's just a step kind of in that direction, but it's interesting. I'm just saying, I don't know that I don't know that anyone would win the case if they came back and said, you fired me because of my vaccination status. They can, as a private company, decide to do that. Yeah, I mean, any right to work state yeah. or company or anything like sure. that. They can I mean, fire you for any reason. Oh, hey, we can fire you for whatever. Now, of course, if they take you to court, mm -hmm. they're going to come with a you know a pile of evidence on top of the fact that you weren't vaccinated. So yeah. they'll they'll be able to talk their way out of it, but it will end up in court first, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. everything ends up in court. <laughs> yeah, well, that, I mean, the there's, there's lots of, but there, I mean, there's we have national laws against certain re, certain things that you, yeah. Uh, Certain discriminations, but that's the yes, point I was exactly. trying to make is that vaccinations are not one of those protected statuses. Your yeah. nope. the the only thing that might get fuzzy there is if you are claiming the reason you're unvaccinated is religious, because it is illegal in the United States to fire somebody for their religious beliefs. That is a protected status. So sure. if you're if you're not vaccinating for another reason, they could they could let you go because they feel like that's a stupid decision and you can fire people for making stupid decisions. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They, they okay. don't act ethically. It's a whole bunch of weird gray area that the court would have to decide who's. And, well, and they will. They're going to get sued. Everybody's going to yeah. get sued for that kind of stuff, right? The United States is incredibly litigious and people sue for wrongful firings all the time. This, yep. this will bring up cases there. There will be precedent probably before the end of the year. If it, if, if it doesn't already exist, I mean, it may already be there. Like I said, vaccines have been around for so long that it's quite probable that a private company has let someone go mm -hmm. for not having an MMR vaccine. And they probably won that or lost it. And precedent is already set. I'm just not aware of it. Right. Yeah, fair.
Fair. Um, so here's more news about Telegram with streaming. So there's got to be more than what we understand already. Um, so it releases an update that removes the cap on live stream viewers from 1,000 to unlimited. Introduces oh, more cool. options for forwarding messaging and more. So what I'm trying to figure out, is there a way to... does I, I, I mean, I guess just within the channel or does it have plugins to other applications? Well, you know uh, I, I don't mean? know about the plugins. I mean, I, I don't know the answer to that, but if my gut tells me that it that's probably more related to, you, you know, you in Telegram, you saw this the other day. Did you Mugut. say my gut? Maybe I did. <laughs> Better than my butter. Um, <laughs> there, there are two kinds of channels in Telegram, right? You've got group channels yeah. and then you've got, you've got like, yeah, telegram channels I, I forget what they call yeah. broadcast channels broadcast, broadcast so channels broadcast. The, the participants don't participate they just consume right, right? like the, there is yeah. no chat as an example those telegram channels i think scaled to thousands and thousands of broadcast listeners yeah um but but maybe maybe it was limited to a thousand and that's the difference now is that yeah. it can okay. go crazy i'm curious though to your question if they'll be able to um if, if they'll be able to uh well, you, well, yeah, if, they, if they'll do cross-platform stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, like we'll, we'll be able to, to use Telegram to stream to Twitter, as an example. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly the example I was about to use. You've seen some really cool stuff in Twitter. Um, you, I don't know how many people actually know about this, but you can actually go and do live uh, video uh, from the mobile app, specifically within Twitter, and set up your phone and sit there and talk to it and all that kind of stuff. And people, as you're scrolling, you will see a video that's live, and it'll have a big live thing. You can see people reacting to it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I remember I when love... that was called Periscope too. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'd love to see, yeah, same same code technology, et cetera. I'm um, actually pretty sure that there. Tim was the first person I saw use Periscope. Really? Funny, yeah. funny. I'm I'm pretty sure it was like the Dell forum or something like that, in, or the EMC forum, actually, it would have been back in that day in like 2017 or something like that. That sounds about right. Think, That's something I would I, do. Like it was the it was the day I learned about Periscope and you like showed up a room full of eight people or something like that. <laughs> but I do. I'm I'm pretty sure you're yeah. the first Periscope I saw. But but imagine a imagine a plugin where we're doing this, we're we're live streaming this on the TBP community link, uh, which we probably need to plug and and I need to pull up the link here. Uh view group info. Yeah. So if you just go to t.me slash tech breakfast. Type that in; it'll bring you straight to the community. You can join and you can, uh, you know, listen in on the show live next time. But if we could click a button within um, the Telegram group or this this uh, broadcast, and then have it stream out to Twitch, have it stream out Twitter. to YouTube, cool. stream out to Twitter or whatever, right? So if you're just scrolling through your Twitter feed or you know you're pulling up Twitch or whatever, you see that here too. So that'd it be cool. sounds like you just need to need... figure out OBS with multi-stream and essentially just use the Telegram yeah. as an input and then let OBS yeah. do the business of shooting it out everywhere. That'd be yeah. cool. Okay. Yeah. Good call, smart yeah. man. Fine. It may Fine. I, it's, it's a like good point. It, it might might already be possible. Exactly. I wonder if yeah. Telegram can be used for the front front end of that. Um, yeah. All right, moving on. I saw Kieran joined us, and I, there was an hey! article that I shared in going? the TVP channel that we just mentioned last night, which, uh, Kieran, I don't know if you got a chance to really dig into it, but the uh, the, the title of the article, or, or the, um, I think it was Reddit, was where I actually saw it, but it basically said that 
the Australian Parliament, and correct me if I'm getting any of this wrong, uh, Kieran, the Australian Parliament basically did almost sort of a cloak and dagger fly by night rapid approval of uh, giving giving police broad abilities to collect and even take over social media accounts to collect data and take over social media accounts. What? what what'd you learn? Like yeah, no, it was like, it was scary. This is crazy. This is crazy. Uh -oh. Yeah, so the, the title specifically says Australian police can now hack your device, collect or delete your data, take over your social media accounts, all without a judge's warrant after a bill was rushed through parliament in 24 hours. Yeah, like so that's that's a lot of clicky there. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. big time what's, clicky. What's the, Is it what's real? What's the skinny? Yeah, what's the skinny? So I think it's a bit more. That headline kind of makes it sound a bit overblown. Um, it's probably not as that bad. That doesn't as surprise it sounds, me. But that's only good. maybe by like two percent. It's probably oh, gosh. still quite bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, but basically, uh, so uh, that has been on the cards for the last couple of weeks. Um, wow. So it's actually, really, but we haven't known about it. Yeah, and that's quick. That's a really I, fast turnaround. What what we don't know is what has spricked this to be a sudden, let's pass it as quick as possible sort of thing. Um, so like the like I mentioned in our group, the the one law that we had passed in such a very short time was our gun control back in '96, and that's the only one that we've had. And now we've got this one, which is really quick. So there's got to be something that has happened. That they're not, no one's mentioning about. So, uh, be interesting to dig into that and find out what what actually happened behind the scenes for that to to pass like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's I mean, that was a very clickbait title, and it was from a source that I'm unfamiliar with, uh, Taum or something like that. Um, but but it it caught me off guard enough that I was really curious what your take is. So that's that's interesting, and I'm kind of looking forward to getting an update, understanding why it moved so fast, how bad it really is, is it is it off by two percent kind of things? Because on the surface, that seems like a, a pretty pretty Let's big see. disruption to privacy. So uh, yeah, the surveillance. Oh, go ahead, Karen. I was just going to say, because you think about it, if you have evidence or you've got two different police departments have evidence against you, one might go ahead and delete the evidence, one might go and modify the evidence or not even touch it, but be using that evidence against you. And so what what does that position it puts you in if one department's trying to put you in jail while the other one's deleted the evidence because for some reason? It's just it's it's one of those slippery slopes. Yeah, we're, we're dude. Here's here, here's a little article on it. it. Talks about the justification of the bill, uh, and we talked about this being a slippery slope. But um, you you probably can guess what I'm about to bring up. But politicians justify the need for the bill by stating that it is intended to fight child exploitation, CSAM, and terrorism. However, the bill itself enables law enforcement to investigate any quote serious Commonwealth offense or, quote, serious state offense that has a federal aspect. So what it says, the uh, Surveillance Legislation Amendment uh, Bill 2020 gives the Australian Federal Police and the Australian Criminal Intelligence Commission three new powers for dealing with online crime. A data disruption warrant, network activity warrant, and an account takeover warrant. This is, uh, and it just kind of goes into, into details on that. Let me see, trying to find more more details here, but doesn't yeah. sound good, man. Doesn't sound good. No, no, it doesn't. It it sounds like mm. overreach. For sure. 
Well, actually, Let's I think you you mentioned it well, Tyler. About is it are they actually people who understand it? That it just yeah, we just have to well, enough, out of it. yeah. And for those of you, I mean, that was, again, in the TBP community channel, come join us. Um, I made the comment. It was tongue in cheek when I said it, but it's also sadly accurate. And if John weren't uh, sipping Coronas on a beach, then he would probably agree with me quite outright. But our uh, our the United States legislative uh, body is not generally the type that understands technology well enough to even make informed decisions on these kinds of things. And so I made a joke about Australia uh, hopefully having folks that understood what they were regulating well enough to understand how damaging some of what they just allowed was. So it just seems uh, wild. Not nice. So like the warrant doesn't have to be approved by a judge and you've got the data disruption warrant, which gives the police the ability to disrupt data. Again, everything is very vague by modifying, copying, adding or deleting it. Like what? adding data to your phone, what? Uh, then you have got network activity warrant, which allows the police, again, this is all without without judge, this is just uh, you know the police saying, hey, we, we have a warrant now, to collect intelligence from devices or networks that are used or likely to be used by those subject to the warrant. And then account takeover warrant allows the police to take control of an online account, for example, social media, for the purposes of gathering information for an investigation. So they're using social media just as an example because it's so vague that it just says take control of your it's online true. account. Your <laughs> Could be your account, email. Your, yeah, your email, <laughs> your bank account, bank. your social media, your I mean, iPhone. Literally, this is the Australian equivalent of the oh, old rubber gosh. stamp FISA warrants from here in the States. Yeah, it that sounds like it. That's so true. And and honestly, the scariest part about this is that it it sort of seems to fly in the face of due process because it's specifically <laughs> saying of. We, sort of we seems want, to. Well, I I don't I don't know enough yeah. about Australian due process here, right? Like I think I don't I I'm not even sure I know there's enough no, about US due there's process. There's no due process but, but if you don't even have to here, take anything to a judge. That's the thing, is that if, if yeah. it's a warrantless approach to doing all of this, something is broken in the way that they're approaching that. You're basically saying, and I've said this before, it, it bothers me so much that the bedrock of the internet, you know, when it when it kind of first came to be, when it came to internet communications, email doesn't offer anything like the legal protections of mail services. And and don't get me wrong, yeah. the US Postal Service specifically over something like the UPS or FedEx, you know, they, there are more protections in the United States for somebody opening your mail or or stealing your mail or I mean, technically it's a federal crime for you to take a a letter even with accurate postage on it and m- yourself put it in a mailbox in the United States. Probably not one that's going to get prosecuted, but it is technically illegal. And we decided none of that should apply to electronic communications. And it's all freaking electronic communications now. <laughs> it's horrifying. This, just, this this is weird because like it, it's one of those things where the only thing I can think of it and the funniest analogy I have is like, you know, sprinkling some crack on it. So it's just one of those things <laughs> where if if somebody wants to get some other if, a, if some law enforcement yeah. official wants to get somebody in trouble and they think, oh, I don't like this person. Well, they now have carte blanche to just jump into their device and throw some bad stuff on there and say, hey, oh, I got him right here. Got it. I snagged it. The, yeah, the ambiguity I, I don't like of it. how that reads, sure. and I'm, I'm sure there's like a 300-page you know, legalese document to go along with it that nobody will ever understand. But that seems super, super sketchy. 
Yeah. I, yeah. I, well, it doesn't but, apply but, to but, me, and I don't like it anyways. <laughs> well, go ahead, Karen. What I was saying before, but they, someone might add data or someone might delete data. One law enforcement might do either or, and the other one is actually using that data. It's just like the case where the two law enforcements in, I think, don't quote me on this, um, but Pennsylvania maybe, where they set up the drug deal together and they both went in and didn't have, hadn't communicated to each other what was happening and both caught each other out in the same drug deal. And it was just, <laughs> just there. there was, but dude, this is your... Yeah. It sounds like you're okay that... Or that the problem you might have is that one police department might do one thing against a different police department, but they're yeah. both messing with your data. Oh yeah. Like that. And yeah, that's, that's deep down, but like on the surface, there is this other issue where you've got police departments doing this activity where you then get into a situation where you're in the courts and that, and then how messy is it going to get from there as well? What's offered here is well, what's, what's on the table here is the fact that you've got the potential that you could get into a situation where you've got a court fighting over you because you've got added data, you've got deleted data, the evidence isn't there, and what's your case going to be like? So, mm. yeah, it's one thing that we're going to be having someone uh, having law enforcement with your data and ha what they're doing with your data, but then once you get into a situation you're in the courts then how do you get yourself out going i actually have no that i i've had this stuff added so you're in a sticky situation regardless dude i, I mean you're in a sticky situation before you get in the court because you've got police adding data to your social media profile or accessing your email or yeah anyway dude okay well this will be interesting to follow and see what happens yeah. off of that were you going to say something yeah, else? Keep Sorry. us up to date. Yeah. Um, well, well, the other bit, I haven't heard it yet because I didn't even finish reading this article, but um, the EFA, and I have no idea what that abbreviation is for, but um, they dug into the bill. Um, they had a part in, in creating this bill, and they have um, yesterday during lunchtime, they actually sat down and did a, um, a live stream discussing it. So it'd be interesting to actually dig into that and find out more. Mm. Okay. Well, I got some propeller head news in the land down to get, under. Up, yeah. get us off of the Hit totally us. depressing anti-piracy, yeah. not not <laughs> yeah. piracy, privacy stuff. Because I do find that incredibly depressing. It's it yeah, is absurd it. to me how how often it seems that uh, we are having to I don't know fight for what seems like should be obvious privacy. I don't know, just de facto standards. But hey, whatever. Um, Western Digital announced a 20 terabyte OptiNand hard drive. They're calling it 20 TB in a single, I think it's actually a two and a half inch form factor as on the small side. It might be three and a half, which is the larger form factor for those of you familiar with uh, hard drives. But uh, it that blows my mind. I mean, I know this is, storage devices get bigger same. and bigger all the time, right. but come on, 20 terabytes in a single drive slot? That's insane. It's just more data to get wiped with the uh, day zero uh, attack on the MyBook ransomwares. Live. <laughs> yep, that's all I'm saying. So no, they're no, promising not ransom. upwards it of wasn't 50, ransomware. No, no yeah, it's no, a, yeah, you're talking about the MyBook access. Yeah, remote yeah, access and wipes. Yeah, sorry. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. That was yep, that yep. was a joke. No. 
It was. It was, it was good, and and I nope, I ruined it. That was me. Blame me. Uh, the anyways, they're promising upwards of fifty terabytes in the same form factor. So I don't know. It was crazy. It was, wasn't it on the show? Was it earlier this week? Uh, or was it something? I feel like Kieran mentioned it. Maybe. Oh, maybe it was when we were playing uh, Splitgate. But uh, we have we have put off. Um, oh gosh, now I'm forgetting the name of the media. The uh, it, why can't holographic? We've put off holographic media and needing holographic media for a long time. And I guarantee you, if you went back and you looked at like Scientific American or Popular Mechanics in like 1992, you would see the promise of a 50 terabyte single drive. And it would have been with a holographic media picture and like something straight out of a sci-fi novel. That's right. Yeah. It, this kind of stuff just puts off that even being necessary. <laughs> That's incredible, cool. really. I mean, you think back to the mid '90s when we had 300 meg hard drives, and I would not—I probably would not have believed you. I would not have. No, I will. I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying. Is like they were talking about these technologies that didn't exist. They were totally just like far-fetched, young ideas, and yeah. and we have actually exceeded the capacities of some of those far-fetched ideas using more traditional means and just smashing stuff into smaller form factors. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, like, like when I think back to that time, though, the only the thing that comes to my mind the most is looking forward to um, advanced graphics in video games. That was the thing I was the most <laughs> excited about. Sure. Uh, really. And then just the proliferation of, of um, access to music. Yeah, uh, that was it. Music so we've, we've we've reached, uh, you know, self-actualization um, with graphics so many of those fronts and music. Yeah, I think me. so. Especially yeah, with stuff happy. like ray tracing. <laughs> I'm happy. Yeah. High fidelity music for sure. Um, what the, I I think we've talked about this too, but things like nanomaterials, a lot of that mm -hmm. hasn't really been you know fully realized yet. Same thing with flying cars, but we're yeah. so close to a lot of things that I don't think I ever really thought would become things. Right? Like yeah. it's pretty wild that we have actual test flying flights cars. flying cars right now yep. and that electric vehicles are quickly becoming one of the most dominant forms of transportation and uh you know of course storage space that seems less important compared to those two two pieces um things like uh uh not fusion well fusion fusion heck fusion is absolutely on that list but the idea that we're we're close to actually being able to realize a self-sustaining fusion reaction is insane um, and what was the other one? Um, fuel cells, like hydrogen fuel cells, being able oh, to actually yeah. use those and stack those and use them. Um, I actually saw a really uh, educational, short educational video on uh, fuel cells the other day. And um, it, was, uh, it was a neat little refresher on how well that works. But I think when I talked about it last, I had remembered it backwards. It doesn't use water as the source. Water is the, is the, is the garbage is the that comes out of the, yes. of the reaction. Not garbage. So, Not garbage. Well, it is, but it's the waste. Sorry, I used a different word. It's the output. Synonym. I I call it the output. Well, and and it's because it's it isn't waste. It's actually clean it's water, water, but it is wa it is yeah. waste in the process. Is my point. Every process okay. has inputs and outputs. The outputs are waste. Yeah. Because what you wanted was energy. Anything that is energy, not energy, and was created by the process is waste. That's why it's. That's why I use the term that way. Okay, I'm gonna keep calling it output. Because waste has such <laughs> You're a negative not wrong. Yeah. Sorry, it's negative. It's waste. It's not energy. Why couldn't you convert all of the hydrogen and all of the oxygen into energy? Explosions is the answer, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, go look up the definition of waste and it's all it's all negative stuff. Sure. Go look up in the context of chemical reactions. 
since we're talking about a chemical reaction. <laughs> <laughs> waste science defined. Sciency waste. <laughs> Sciency waste defined. Okay. I think we should shut this episode down. This was episode oh 203. It was a good time. All right. That brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Thanks, everybody, for joining us live today. Thank you, Telegram, for having some new feature functionality and making some of this stuff really easy because it's awesome. Uh, it was tons of fun having people jump in. I hope it was good for the listeners on the podcast side of things. If it was, if it wasn't, please let us know. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for sharing with your friends. And we hope to keep producing lots and lots of content during the weeks. Bye, y'all. Later. <laughs>